It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. What should we think about the Cowboys 2018 draft four years out? All that and more in this episode of the Locked On Cowboys podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Locked Network, your on. team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We want to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. I am Marcus Mosher. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. He is Landon McCool. Check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Landon, think back to where what you were doing in 2018, April of 2018. We were just young pups doing this podcast. Uh, what were you doing back in 2018? Oh, do you honestly not remember? Do no. you? Oh, this is fun. This is fun. I was at the 2018 NFL draft in Dallas. Oh, uh, I forgot this draft was in this, Dallas. This was the draft that I actually attended uh, in Dallas, Texas. It was quite an exciting event. So uh, I've got a bunch of inside knowledge of what happened in that. No, it was it was basically I was watching it from a thousand feet up, but it was it was quite a good time and it was interesting to at least attend it. Yeah. And certainly it was it was great great to go to um you know while it was in our, my hometown and our home hometown of Dallas Texas. Yeah, so we're going to be breaking down the 2018 draft for the Cowboys. Um for me this was the first draft. Actually, this is the second draft that I was covering for Bleacher Report, but yeah. I was also teaching at the same time. That's so right. I had yeah. to I had to pre-write like slides of who I thought the Cowboys were going to pick and it became pretty obvious early on who the Cowboys were going to draft here in the first round that I already had the whole slide written up on their first round pick and the grade ready to go. So, <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> you pre, you pre graded the draft pick before it was even made. Well, let's, Marcus. let's just go ahead and jump on, jump into this. So the Cowboys selected Leighton Van Der Esch, uh, in the first round of the 2018 yep. draft, not surprising at all. How, I mean, how early into the process did we really know this was going to happen? Cause I remember 
midway through March, it seemed like the Cowboys were targeting Van Rush pretty heavily. You know, it's funny because I remember it being kind of shockingly thrown at us. Like that, that was my thing was that it, the, the word kind of came down through the whisper campaigns that, you know, that, that Layton was going to be heavily considered. And I think I kind of remember being like shocked that that, that was the direction they were thinking about going. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was pretty early in the, in, in the process. Uh, you know, it's funny because we, I always think about the draft thing and the draft process in, in stages, right? Like the point when there's always a point where all draft Knicks are watching the, you know, the, these players all year, year round. And then there's a point where like the kind of second and third wave of folks start yeah, showing up yeah. and start looking at prospects. I remember definitely being several prospects in before, Vander Esch was the name that we started hearing. Uh, this is the name you guys need to pay attention to. And 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 when it did, it was kind of surprising. But by the time the draft rolled around, we were, I mean, I, I'm not that shocked, honestly, that you had this uh, written up because it, it was made very clear that this was where the Cowboys were thinking about going and, mm-hmm. and that this was the guy that was kind of the perfect nexus for them uh, at pick position and, and value. Yeah. So I went back and was looking at some tweets that I had from 2018 and it seemed like the Cowboys really narrowed down their search to a couple of players. They were interested in Vita Vea. Like that's somebody that they clearly liked a yeah. lot. And it sounds like they were exploring some slight trades up, a uh, trade up. He went at 12 to Tampa Bay. Once he was gone, I think the Cowboys were good with Leighton Van Der Esch. There were a couple other names that the Cowboys had circled. Um, I think Hayden Hurst, the tight end was somebody they were interested in. Uh, Calvin Ridley, at least a little bit, but it was your chagrin. <laughs> well, I mean, look at it now. It's yeah, but, uh, that's I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, late Van Rush. Let, let's let's talk about this as a player because yeah. I have such mixed feelings about yeah. that pick because I didn't love it at the time because you're taking an off the ball linebacker that had some known spinal issues coming in to the draft. Yeah, he plays at a near all pro level as a rookie. 2019-2020, banged up. Doesn't play the same. 2021 plays all 17 games, starts to kind of look like himself by the end of the season, and then he hits free agency. Uh, what do you Hon- think about the pick down? Uh, honestly, it's like it's such a great microcosm for the dr- this draft overall, right? Like yeah. of, of these of all these folks, like you know, it's just it it, it was hard to get your hands around who Leighton Vander Esch was as a player. Like, I think you described it very perfectly, like comes in and i mean to say that he exceeded expectations is just like the the craziest understatement mm-hmm. of the year i mean he came in and was just a monster he just never missed any tackles was everywhere was swallowing up i mean took the the defense to another level i mean this was a defense that you know before Leighton vander esch hadn't seen that kind of level of play since a healthy sean lee yeah. and, and 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 that healthy Sean Lee hadn't been around for several years, you know? So uh, I think that, you know, for the Cowboys, it it suddenly elevated the defense to a a place that it hadn't been for a while. Uh, And, and I think it shocked a lot of us uh, how, how well he played. And then, so it was equally shocking when the following year, he kind of just fell off a cliff and and obviously injuries and stuff kind of added into that. But I think, you know, like a lot of these other guys that are on this list, it's been a, a situation where, you feel like you got a grasp on how on who this player is, and then they just show you another side of them that, that doesn't jive with your your preconceived notions. So, uh, yeah, and then to resign him, it was it was interesting. So, 
I still have confidence and hope in, in Leighton Vander Esch, but but I, I think his career has been a roller coaster to say the least. So how would you grade this pick kind of in hindsight? Because again, you got a Pro Bowl player for at least yeah. one year here. And it's not like he was so bad that you didn't want to bring him back. The Cowboys gave him a second contract. Now they declined the fifth year option, which typically tells you that you missed on a first round pick, but at the same time they brought him back for his fifth year because he did play better at the end of the season. So what are your thoughts here? I honestly feel like you kind of almost have to separate evaluation with value. Like I I don't think that they necessarily got a first round pick worth of value out of it. But I also don't think that they misevaluated who they were drafting. They got a really good player and they got a player who could play well. I just think that obviously injury played into this. I guess, you know, ultimately it comes out to like a B minus or a B, you know? Yeah, I would say like a B minus because you got a good player when he's healthy. The problem is been health um, and he's not reached the potential that he's been as a rookie, but. Again, he's still so young. He's 25 years old. You did see flashes of it at at the end of the year. So, I I mean, it sounds weird, but I almost feel like this is a wait and see. Like, we'll have a better idea this year, right? Uh, And that's the thing is that it's it's crazy because, you know, this would have been his fifth year, right? Like, in in his fifth year option. option. So, like, there is every possibility – that if he plays back up to like this is his second year in the same system for the first time i think since his rookie year or i think it's the second year right mm-hmm. i mean i don't know that he's ever played in the system two years in a row right mm-hmm. so if he if he's able to kind of regain that same sort of level of play that he had when he was a a, a pro bowl or his rookie year it's hard i mean frankly the cowboys got an absolute steal because they were able to get out of his fifth year option and they decided for less and then get him for the but the, and I, don't, I wouldn't call it his his you know draft pick as a first round pick yeah. a steal, but I was saying for the fifth year they got a steal, and, and I think that for the Cowboys, it's been a, a rocky road. But I, I think that you're happy necessarily that you kind of got tied in with Leighton Vanderesh. I mean, hindsight is twenty twenty, but it's crazy how up and down his career is, and, and how it could suss out to be st- still a good pick at this point after what we've seen the last two years. All right, a couple things really quickly before we move on. Um, I, I'm, I'm not really joking when I say this, but this is the first year he's going to play, like have a full season without playing next to Jalen Smith. And I actually think that's going to help him, right? Because him him and Jalen were too similar in a lot of that's ways. That's exactly, yeah, absolutely. So it now exacerbated have, the problem, frankly. Yeah, now, now that he's going to be playing with Micah Parsons, J. Ron Kirst, Jabril Cox, I think you can you're, you can live with a player like Leighton Vandross. You just can't have two of those guys on the field at the same time. So, I'm I'm really excited to see what he looks like in the same scheme without Jalen on the field. Uh, the other thing is, if the Cowboys didn't take Vander Esch, who would you have liked to see them draft? The the options. Listen, I was a DJ Moore guy. That's who I mm-hmm. wanted. The other guys were Isaiah Wynn, Calvin Ridley. It gets pretty shallow there. I know a lot of people liked Harold Landry, but it sounds like the Cowboys were a little bit out on him. Uh, anybody there that you loved? No, I mean, I think that's that was the other thing I was going to mention is that ultimately, you know, it's it's tough to argue about the 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 value in a vacuum of first round picks. But if you look at where the actual first round picks that year, you know, I don't know that they would have done a ton better with any of those other guys, you know, so I kind of think they made the right pick in a situation that may not have, you know, ultimately been a, a great first round, especially where they were picking. 
I agree. Uh, all right, we're going to get to the rest of this class, but I want to tell you guys about BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including golf season, which is upon us. We've got Major League Baseball going on right now, NFL Futures. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, let's talk about uh, the Cowboys' day two picks. And I remember being really excited about their day two selections. Connor Williams uh, at pick 50 in the second round. Michael Gallup in the third round. Both of those guys started a bunch of games for the Cowboys. 57 games for Connor Williams. 55 for Michael Gallup. Uh, Gallup obviously got a long-term deal from the Cowboys. Uh, they like him quite a bit. Connor Williams started a bunch of games, as we mentioned, but Dallas decided not to give him the extension. How do you think the Cowboys did here on day two? I think they obviously did very well with, especially with Gallup. I think with Connor Williams, you know, I mean, I think it's it's easy to be pessimistic because he didn't resign with the Cowboys, but he gave them good years and and he played at an above average level. And I think, despite what some foot fans think, I thought he was a pretty decent player for them. I yeah. mean, I think that he was able to go earn a, a, a big contract for the, from the, from the Dolphins. I mean, not a huge contract, but, but a nice size contract for that. Oh yeah. For what he's done. Yeah. Uh, and I think that, you know, it shows you that he was respected around the league. Now look, does he have deficiencies? Yeah. Guess what guys, most offensive linemen do. And, and his are, you know, uh, a, a little bit of a lack of strength and it kind of showed up in some holding situations at certain times, but at the same time, I also felt like he kind of at, at, at a certain point became a whipping boy. And, you know, there was certainly times when they were calling holding. It was just who they were picking on. And uh, and and I think that, you know, he he was a guy that you could you can live with for sure as a starter at guard. And, and it's not someone that's like a huge deficiency yeah. necessarily. The Cowboys just didn't want to pay them to pay him the money that he ended up ultimately making on the market, which is understandable. He's the sixth highest paid left guard in the NFL right now. Yeah. I mean, there you go. Like, I mean, I think, do you, do you, I think he's the sixth best offensive guard in football? No, but I, he, I, I, that doesn't mean he's bad, you know? So that's the thing is I think Cowboy fans were hoping he would be, see, they've been so spoiled or we've been so spoiled with whenever you draft an offensive lineman, they turn into an all pro Zach Martin, Tyron Smith, Travis Frederick, that when you draft somebody in the second round, and they turn out to be who you were probably thinking they were going to be or who they should <laughs> or expected to be, we're all disappointed, right? Yeah. Most teams would love to spend the 50th pick on a guard, get four starting seasons out of him, and then, okay, now we get to decide whether we want to pay him as a top five guard or not. Like, that's a good problem to have, Cowboys. Yeah. Fans. Exactly. And, and I think that that's what the context that everyone needs to keep in mind when they're evaluating him. And then, obviously, with Michael Gallup. You know, look, I'm a huge Gallup fan. I, I like obviously most Cowboys fans are, I'm sure, after watching him play. I, I think that, you know, uh, he is probably the best number two receiver that you could ask for on a team. You know, I don't know that he's quite a number one receiver, but I think he would be 
as good as you can get as a number two wide receiver in a normal situation. Yeah. The problem then, is he's been the, kind of the wide receiver three the last two yeah, years. Right. That's right. And he's just, he's overqualified to do that role. Yeah. And the Cowboys know that. And that's why they pay him. They know, they know that, Hey, we can have a very high flying offense, high powered offense with Gallup being our number two. And they paid him like a top end number two receiver. In fact, and if you want to get into the weeds a little bit, I didn't love the Michael Gallup contract when it happened. I mean, things change pretty, pretty right fast. Now. Yeah, I mean, Terry McLaurin's getting $10 million more per year than Michael Gallup. Sign me up. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think that's the thing, too. And that's also ultimately why you feel comfortable with, you know, kind of moving on with Cooper is that you have a lot of confidence with, with Gallup. Look, I, I know it's hard to look at the short term situation with Gallup because he is recovering with an, from an ACL and say uh, they're, they're, you know, underserved at the wide receiver position. But the long term, you know, look outlook for the Cowboys wide receivers position if you get a healthy Gallup back, obviously I think they're making it a priority to, to re-sign CeeDee Lamb. You have mm-hmm. to love those, those two as a duo when they're healthy, and I think that that will be something that's arriving you know, by midseason this year. It's, it's about getting to there and, and feeling it, feel, about feeling good about Michael Gallup. I, I, I mean, absolute steal in the third round pick as far as I'm Yeah, and I was just, I was, as you were talking, I was looking up to see like where Michael Gallup uh, finished in receiving yards over the last four years for every receiver drafted like in the third round or beyond. And it's like seventh or eighth. Like there's just, there's just not many guys that you can draft at that late pick 81 and expect them to have those kind of numbers. I mean, through, through four seasons and he's missed some time. He's got almost 3000 receiving yards and 15 touchdowns. Like that's just, you don't find think- that very often. Think about what he was walking into his rookie year. I mean, there yeah. was so much being put upon him. Uh, you know, despite what we felt like, you know, we it, it did feel late for Cowboys to be drafting a wide receiver in the third round, despite you know because they were they had a need there. Uh, so it was it, when when Gallup landed them in the third round and they were able to get him and he was able to produce so well yep. despite not having anyone else to pull coverage away from him. Uh, that was really an impressive output by Gallup, and it, it really kind of bode well for his future. Yeah, so here's the official number. So this is all, every wide receiver drafted between round three and seven since 2018. Most receiving yards, Terry McLaurin at 3,090. Michael Gallup, 2,902. That's the list. Like, That's only crazy. Terry McLaurin. So, again, you can't expect to get anything better than Michael Gallup in the third round. I mean, they, they, they struck oil there. So what a, what a pick by the Cowboys uh, there in the third round. Uh, let's get to their day three picks because – Man, I man, maybe even better. This is becoming a theme yeah. of these shows. The day three selections by the Cowboys, really, really good. Uh, but before we do that, I want to tell you guys about Rock Auto. With the ever increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock up on all the parts you need. Rock Auto has everything from engine control modules and brake parts, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in the How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. Hey guys, it's Joe Marino. Being around sports media and a fan of the Buffalo Bills for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes... It's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. 
What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, and new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts, and you can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. All right, let's finish up with the day three selection, starting with Dorrance Armstrong. Uh, in the fourth round, Dorrance Armstrong, kind of a slow starter. We were kind of hearing about the hype for the first couple of years. Uh, finally broke out in 2021 with five sacks. The Cowboys rewarded him with a big contract. Uh, not a big contract, a decent contract this offseason. I think Dorrance Armstrong is going to have the best year of his career here in 2022. I do too. I think that Dorrance Armstrong is a guy that came into the league incredibly young. And let's look at even beyond that. Dorrance Armstrong played at the University of Kansas. And uh, if anybody knows anything about college football, University of Kansas is not putting a bunch of players into the NFL, despite being a, you know, division one, big 12 school. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that, you know, this is a guy that had a different kind of development curve. Right. You know how many games Kansas won in the three years he was there? Can I guess? Um, Three years, three years, four, four wins, three games. I guess low zero, and I zero and 12, zero 12, two and 10, one and 11. So I mean, this is a guy that they probably didn't get a bunch of great coaching, you know, as far as development goes is was so much better than everyone else that was on the team with him that they basically had to move him and use him wherever they could to do anything. And, and then comes into the league at, I think he was 20 years old when they drafted. I mean, he was 20, incredibly yep. young. And, and, and so he, I mean, he's now in his fifth year, right. Uh, at 25 years old and, and, and didn't get a, you know, a ton of opportunity to get on the field despite flashing quite often in training camp. And I mean, I, and I, you know, obviously can attest to that part every single year in training camp, Dorrance Armstrong is that guy who mm-hmm. just flashes and flashes and flashes. And then, you know, for three years straight, we, I really felt robbed by Dorrance Armstrong, but because he, he wasn't able to quite, Though, despite really, really showing out and, and doing it at a consistent level, wasn't really able to translate that production to the field. Flash forward of this last year, you know, he's kind of almost a, a, a forgotten guy on this roster, yep. right? I mean, because you have Randy Gregory, Micah Parsons has started to come on. Uh, obviously, Tank Lawrence is Tank Lawrence. And Dorrance Armstrong was a guy that was kind of your fourth defensive. They had also signed another guy come in. Suddenly, Dorrance Armstrong wakes up and he becomes this monster. He's able to do. They use him all over the place. They they have to stand him up. He's able to drop into coverage. He's able to rush the passer. He, he gets almost as many sacks as Randy Gregory. Uh, not not quite. He's not putting the pressure on that Randy Gregory. I'm not suggesting that, but he's showing you that he's developed and that he's starting to. It's starting to click into his place. And really, mm-hmm. 25 years old is not. You know, it's that's not an abnormal age. I think the problem is is that. He's been in the NFL for four years at 20, and now he's maturing into a you know, fully grown man's body, uh, and his athleticism is catching up, and I think he's it's starting to click for him. I have high hopes that Dorrance Armstrong could take even another step or two 
uh, from here because he's just so young and he's got all this experience now. Uh, and now he's really got an opportunity to kind of see, see what he, what he can do. Yeah. Let's move on to the next pick Dalton Schultz. I mean, finding tight ends in dr- the draft, just anywhere is a really difficult thing. And when you find somebody like Dalton Schultz, who is an adequate blocker, a very good receiver uh, here late in the fourth round, it's really hard to do. It I should also point out there was <laughs> the Cowboys were kind of forced into the spec. Cause if you remember correctly, Jason Witten announced his retirement. I believe it was after day two of the draft. Like the Cowboys were scrambling. I, I, I firmly believe the Cowboys would have selected like Hayden Hurst in the first round. If they knew Jason Witten was retiring, it was a shock to them. So in the fourth round, they picked Dalton Schultz. And over the last two years, Landon, he's got the seventh <laughs> most receiving yards for tight ends. Uh, and he's only like a couple of yards behind guys like George Kittle, Rob Gronkowski, Darren Waller. And the Cowboys franchise tight end this year because it's tough to find top seven, top eight tight ends in the league. Jason Witten doing the Cowboys favors even then from avoiding oh, Hayden awesome. Hurst so they could draft Dalton Schultz. That's amazing. Uh, uh, wow. Look, we don't we don't have enough time for, as far as I'm concerned to talk about Dalton Schultz because I've been a Dalton Schultz fan since he was at Stanford. I loved mm-hmm. Dalton Schultz game coming out of Stanford because you don't see and despite what people may say, you don't see guys who have the blocking technique that he had coming out of Stanford. The technique, he didn't have the size or the power to go with it yet, but the technique he had coming out was was ready to go. He understood leverage. He understood how to use it. And 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 what he needed to kind of fully develop was refine some route running, get a little bit bigger, get a little bit mm-hmm. stronger, get a little bit faster. And those are all things that you have the ability to get better at when you get into to, to the NFL. I liked I liked him a lot because it, he was the kind of rare situation where the stuff that was hard to teach he had already learned at Stanford. Yeah, uh, I that's why I think it was you know even though he, his it took a while for his game to take off. That's mostly has to do with, you know, opportunity. Once he got his opportunity, especially these last few years, he showed you what he could do. Uh, the Cowboys got a real steal. And, and, and I think that this is kind of a, a great model because they've had success here of getting these guys kind of in the mid rounds. And, and even if you don't hit on every one of them, develop all of them and, and yep. use them all if you need to, because tight end is a position that's very difficult to learn uh, especially in college. So if you can find one in the middle rounds who develops into a starter plus player for you, sign him, the Cowboys. I, 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 I just, uh, we've got 10 days, guys, do it. And if, if you're going to wait till next year, that's fine, do it too. But what I don't want to do, see is, is them waiting uh, more and more to try to sign a tight end or free agency. So, you know, sign. There's only one way as far as I'm concerned to get these guys. You draft them and develop them. Uh, otherwise, you got to find a way to not use a tight end. <laughs> the, the Cowboys have, pr- have shown over the last couple of years that they're okay franchising somebody and letting them continue to prove it. Like they're willing to pay more to have a little yeah. bit more certainty at the position. They did it with Demarcus Lawrence. They did it with Dak Prescott. I think they're going to do it again with Dalton Schultz. I think Schultz I is going to have another seven hundred to eight hundred yard year. They'll, they'll have three seasons now of production, and we'll see if he improves as a blocker. If that happens. I don't think they're going to have any issue giving Dalton Schultz the bag. At least, at least that's my thought. Maybe they go in a different direction next year, but I, I think that's what they're waiting to see. It's just one more year of production. Uh, all right, a couple other picks that the Cowboys had. Uh, let, let's talk about the, the the other hit that they had. Here in the sixth round, Cedric Wilson picked 208. Now, Cedric Wilson didn't play at all as a rookie because he was injured. 2019, he caught five passes for 46 yards. 
I remember going into the 2020 and 2021 seasons, you and I were talking about maybe the Cowboys release him to save a couple extra pennies on the salary cap. And then he explodes in 2021, 613 yards, six touchdowns. Uh, He also has a couple of big plays in the passing game as well. Uh, He had a touchdown in 2020. Obviously, the Cowboys couldn't re-sign him just due to some of the cap stuff. And I don't think you necessarily wanted to either. I don't know if it's a good strategy to pay a number three receiver. Uh, But Cedric Wilson, bona fide NFL player, and I think can be a good starter for the Miami Dolphins. I think Cedric Wilson is exactly the reason why character matters when evaluating a player now i I think people get it construed misconstrued and they think that it has to do with locker room dynamics and sometimes that does come into play for sure but cedric wilson is a guy who had decent athletic traits um but really just needed time to kind of continue to develop them and Mm -hmm. and and the willingness to put in the time to development to develop them and 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 i think that you know you talked about the explosion in 2020 season that was because he changed his body that off season. If you remember, like he came yep. into that 2021 uh, uh, training camp looking like a completely different athlete. Uh, and that had to do with his personality and his, you know, work ethic and his commitment to working hard. Cause that's not the only thing he changed. He also, I mean, he also became, you know, Dax passing buddy all the time. He, he made sure to stick close to, to the playbook. He understood what to do. He became useful in many, many different ways as a special teamer, as a, as a trick play guy, because he could throw the football. He was willing to do whatever it took. And he put in a lot of extra time and he, and he took what was, you know, very good, pretty good uh, uh, physical skills and, and made them better. And, and suddenly, you know, changed all that from, from being a six round pick uh, to being a, a guy who got paid pretty good money uh, on the market. So I, I think congratulations to the Cowboys for uh, evaluation, correction, uh, correctly evaluating Cedric Wilson and identifying that kind of thing. And then obviously huge congrats to him for, for putting in the work and effort to become that kind of player that takes a six round draft pick and turns himself into a, a, a you know, a big money wide receiver free agent. Absolutely. I, again, I pick two Oh eight. You get a guy <laughs> that plays four years for you. Uh, gets a big contract and he's going to reward you with a comp pick next year. I mean, that's that, that's how you draft, yeah. right? That's there. winning. Yeah, that's yeah. winning it. Yeah. A couple other picks that the Cowboys had this draft. Mike White uh, didn't end up winning the backup quarterback job for the Cowboys, but he did light up the Bengals last year for 405 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, I don't want to say he's the best day three quarterback the Cowboys have drafted recently, uh, but he's close. I mean, it's it's crazy. Like it's it's I, I, the, the thing that uh, the thing that's funny to me is that Mike White was the guy that when I'm looking at this list, I'm I'm going, look how many. Uh, okay, maybe they didn't hit any home runs here, but you and I were talking about this. Look how many singles they hit here, right? Yeah. Like it's just nuts. Like how much they were able to kind of at least identify a guy from Western Kentucky NFL who, talent, right? Yeah, who could, could yeah could come come in and play NFL football. Like that's you know what I'm saying. Even the other guys that we're going to mention here in a sec. They came in and were able to, to do something on, on some level on some teams. Uh, so, and that's just about good scouting. So, yeah, bravo to Mike White. I mean, he hasn't done ton ton since uh, that one. But he had a – what was it, a 400-yard game, you, you said? like uh, 405 uh, yards just, against the Bengals, upset the Bengals this year. That's right. So, you know, it, it's it, – it, you identified the talent correctly. Maybe yeah. it just didn't happen on the timeline you hoped. Yeah, a couple other players. Chris Covington, linebacker. The Cowboys drafted him with the idea that he was going to play special teams. Uh, he stuck around for a while, played two years with the team, has kind of bounced around since then. You'll see him every once in a while get some tryouts. Uh, he was with the Colts a couple years ago. 
a, a couple years ago. I think he's in the USFL now. Whatever. Sixth round linebacker. Not a big deal. Last one. Bo Scarborough. Uh, big running back from Alabama. Yeah. Didn't end up doing anything with Dallas. Did start a few games with the Lions. Played with the Seahawks in 2020. He was with the Raiders in 2021. Went to the USFL this year. He was actually the, the leading rusher uh, for the Stallions. Uh, who happened to win the USFL's championship. Uh, yeah, not a great NFL t- career, but a professional football running back. I mean, it's fine. It's a great seventh-round pick. If you le- believe in running back wins, then he won the running the uh, the USFL championship. Yeah. And I know Marcus does. No, I, I, the other thing, too, did he score a touchdown against the Cowboys during yes, the regular season? Yep. The, the Lions, against, maybe? Yep. Wow. Yeah. Okay, that was that was a fun moment. I definitely remember being... Very thrilled about that, about hearing about that on Twitter later. Um, it's whatever. We don't we don't have to spend much time on because I, I really want to talk about their undrafted class because yeah. So they, as of right now, they have four players still on the roster. They gave four of these guys second contracts: Leighton Vanderesh, Michael Gallup, Doran Armstrong, and Dalton Schultz, who's on the franchise tag. Okay, they also had two other guys get paid in free agency quite a bit: Connor Williams and Cedric Wilson. The Cowboys will be getting comp picks back for the both of them. They also signed Chavarius Ward, Chavarius Ward in free agency or in undrafted free agency. He didn't end up making the roster because they traded him for a reserve offensive lineman for the Chiefs who never played a game, which I still don't get. And he yeah. signed a big contract with the 49ers this offseason. So you're talking about like seven to eight guys that they identify as NFL players that got second contracts going into 2022 it's pretty good draft Lanham. i honestly th- and the only one that did, they didn't hit on was it was a situation where i'm pretty sure they just confused chris covington with christian covington and and the defensive tackle yeah they, they somehow managed to uh to to their worst pick was a guy that was their the second best chris covington on their team that year which is <laughs> pretty surprising yeah i mean what a what a draft for the cowboys it it's, really, it's weird because going into this year I don't know if you think of any of these guys as like cornerstone guys outside no. of Michael Gallup, right? Leighton Vanderess yeah, is the yeah, only yeah. one that's made a Pro Bowl. He's the only yeah. one that's really been close to a Pro Bowl, but it feels like you hit like seven double or seven singles. A couple of these maybe a doubles, but that's still impressive. Like most teams yeah. don't hit on that type of volume. No, it's the it's the batting percentage. If we're going to continue this uh, this this baseball analogy, it's the it's the on base percentage that's impressive yeah. here. It's that you were able to consistently get something out of every single pick. Were the, any of them, you know, the big the big home runs? Not really. I think Leighton Vanderish got quite close, but but wasn't quite there. But and there's still some chance there for for some of these guys. Sure. But I think sure. I, I think that yeah, what you see is that. Uh, making solid contact with the ball, just doing, you know, just picking the guys that land to you and then, and and then, you know, reaping the benefits when they were able to develop. This isn't the draft that changes the course of a franchise, like the 2016 draft for the Cowboys, which we've covered or the 2021 draft where you got Micah Parsons or the 2020 draft where you got Trevon Diggs and CD lamb. It's not one of those drafts, but it's a really important draft, the type that you need to be a consistent contender in the NFL, right? If you can fi- find five starters in one draft, even if none of them are high-quality starters, you're crushing it. And that's what the Cowboys did here. I think I think it, it individually, I think you give all these picks like somewhere between like C plus and B. But as a whole, I give the class like an A minus. If the Cowboys class this year has the level of hits that this class had, 
I would be thrilled. That, thrilled. That, that, that yes. Class, thr- yes. That that class turned out like that. I'm just hoping it's not like the 2019 draft, which we will cover oh, very, boy. very soon. That's the draft that I'm <laughs> that's, that's not all that excited to, to talk about. But uh, All right. That is it for today's show. Thank you guys for making Locked On Cowboys your first listen of the day. Now make your second listen to Locked On NFL Podcast. Our national NFL experts and insiders keep fans dialed in with the biggest stories and the latest news from around the league because an offseason doesn't equal a break in the action. You can follow the Locked On NFL podcast and the Locked On Cowboys podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Check us out over on YouTube as well. You can follow the show at Locked On Cowboys. You can follow Landon at McCoolBCB. And I am at Marcus underscore Mosher. And we'll see you guys next time. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.